Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. My guest today is Lucille Menard. She's the owner, with her husband, Henry, of Synergy Home Care of Port and Lucy in Florida. They're both U.S. Navy veterans with a family history of caregiving and with service in their DNA. Hello, Lucille, and welcome to Back to Basics. Hello. Thank you so much for uh, giving us this opportunity. Well, anybody that describes themselves as having service in their DNA I feel belongs in this show. So thank you for having us. And, and I'm going to disclose this little exciting for me piece of information is your very first podcast ever. So I am, ever, ever. I love it. I love it. And I think <laughs> you'll be fantastic. And this is, you know, for the audience, a little behind the scenes. So I always tell the guests, don't you know, you're just going to chat about your journey. And, and I mean, everything you're doing, everything you're done, it's a very impressive, of course, Thank you for your service. I always say, you know, I, veterans and and although, you know, I'm not from the U.S., but I think, you know, they deserve and every country has, of course, their veterans. But here is such a big community and important community that uh, I really they have a soft place in my heart. So so tell us a little bit about your early years. Lucille. where are you from? How you grew up? <laughs> And a little bit of, you know, was that service in the DNA from those early years? What were you passionate about back then? Well, I am also not from this country originally. I came when I was 11, 12 years old. I come from a country called Haiti. Mm, um, yes, very, very beautiful country. I would say my mom and me were together our, you know, our whole life, my whole life rather. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was raised, uh, born and raised in Haiti, was born in 1992. So I had so many great experiences in Haiti. I think that my mom at that time was working in the port authority, mm -hmm. what we called Autorité Portia in Haiti. And she was a staffer there. And, uh, you know, she was very strong woman, very, very strong woman. To this day, she is you know, the epitome of what I would want myself to be. She raised me by herself. My dad was there in and out. He's very present in our lives, but my mom and my dad divorced when I was three. So it's always been my mom and I. Mm -hmm. And so we have this kind of really close relationship. You know, like I said, extremely strong woman. In the beginning of our, you know, of our time together, she was always working but always so present, would always take me on vacations and was very, I would say she enjoyed being a mother. Mm -hmm. And so that, that, that really fostered a close relationship with us. I would say right, maybe two years before I moved here, she started to get into activism. Not to give too many details, she got in a little trouble being mm -hmm. with the government because mm -hmm. she was speaking out against certain, you know, human rights violations and certain things that were going on. She made the decision to move me uh, to New York temporarily without her uh, when I was 11 years old because there was some situations that ended up having 
I would say some threats were made Mm -hmm. and um, she wanted to protect me. And so that was kind of the precipice of us moving to the States. Um, When we moved to the States, my mother was pretty much trying to come into her own. And uh, the first job that she got was as a caregiver. Mm, Wow. So you can already know that that made a big impact on me because from 11 to now, my mom's been a caregiver and she went from HHA, which is a home health aid, to a CNA. And then she went into hospice. Mm. Uh, so she did a lot of work for hospice. She worked for Catholic hospice, VTES hospice as well. Um, and so, you know, like I said, service is in my blood. I've seen it my whole life. My mom has done it since I was 11 years old. And she enjoyed it. She enjoyed being the person that was there to help the families go through a difficult transition, help people acclimate to being like needing help because that's not something that's very easy. I think a lot of us underestimate how hard it is for someone that is older that has been doing things independently for so long and for them to be in a place of needing help. And my mom really knew how to navigate those waters of being, you know, help, but in the background and allowing the person to retain their independence. And honestly, she's kind of my inspiration in the business. Mm, That's uh, so powerful. And I love and thank you. I think you're our first guest from Haiti, but you know, I'm from Venezuela. So, you know, the, the fact that you touch upon that need to leave your country, and that's not the reason why I left, but that there, you know, I left way before my country got political unstable. But a lot of people don't realize how, you know, there's still a lot of us out there that are living in countries where you can really not speak up your mind in a peaceful way, where you cannot, you know, go on a podcast and, and say what you think on a free way. And we take for granted freedom of speech. In this, in you know, in the United States, I know we use a lot. We 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 say it. Uh, it sounds great, but there's yes. there's truly a lot of places still, to sadly enough, in the world, uh, yes. in our neighborhood to the U.S. that where people, of course, don't have that freedom. So you know, I'm sorry that you had you and your family had to go through that. But it's it's, it's a great point to bring awareness, you know, and everything we do that we do have the right to yeah. speak. But at the same time, it it is also true that that activism that you described that your mom had, it only gets turned on by being removed from a basic need, like which is freedom of speech. When you see it removed, because I know in my own right, like I did protests and stuff that I never thought I would do because they were dangerous and, you know, you're there and people get killed in these protests sometimes not. Right now, we're not in that stage in Venezuela, but for many years, you know, and and I never thought, you know, I would do it. And then I I would grab my rosary and I say that this is the only thing I can do for my country is to, you know, to go out and show support. So I wanted to sidetrack a little bit there because I think it's, it's an important point, but obviously at the foundation of who you are and who you became. And I can tell your mom did a fantastic job. So, but I'm interested, we're definitely going to go more into the caregiving side because it's such a you know, yeah. noble thing you're doing. And and I think I do also have a soft spot for the elderly. I love kids and I have two children and I love the children, but I've always told my husband, I know that at some point 
in service, I am more attracted to serving the elderly because there's something there that exactly what you said. It's like, these are people that were young, that were active, that had dreams. Just Vibrant. Every, yes, everything we're lives. doing right now. Yes. Yeah. And, they had stories. They had lives, yes, you know? Yes. And, yes. Um, and I yeah. think when you're on the young side of things, let's say when you have <laughs> more runway still ahead of you than behind yes. you, you probably don't want to deal with that idea that the runway does get shorter. And I yes. think that's why a lot of people don't want to be close to it. And that's unfortunate. It is. It is very unfortunate. I would have to agree with you, honestly, Tisha, because I think that a lot of people don't understand that Every step forward you make in life, every year that goes by brings you closer to that experience, you know, and, and, you know, obviously there are some people that are older in their eighties, nineties, that are still very active that can do things, you know, that you would be like, oh my God, that's amazing. You know, my grandmother is one of them, my mother's mother. At this point, she takes care of my five-month-old, you know, when I'm not home. She's so vibrant. She's so full of life. And so it's it's a blessing to me, right, that she's Absolutely. able to, to still do a lot of things. But there are a lot of things that are hard for her. She doesn't see as, as well as she should. And sometimes we think of home care as people that are bed-bound, people that are not you know, able to do anything, but that's not true. Home care is here for all different types of things. I, I have clients right now that are completely mobile, completely sane and, and, and clear of mind, but they need that extra help maybe because they can't drive anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Because their vision's not as great. And so doctor's appointments become very hard to get to. Um, you know, people still have lives, even their children still have lives and their children still have responsibilities of their own. So they can't come to every doctor's appointment, mm -hmm. can't take them to the grocery store, you know, and it's such a weird thing because we take that for granted, right? In, in your youth, you think, oh, I, I'll just go get, you know, oil. I need oil. I'll just go get it right now. But what if you can't drive? You know, what if you have a condition that, prevents you from getting in a vehicle. And so home care is for everyone. You know, I do love my elderly. I have to tell you that comes from, of course, the Caribbean background because mm -hmm. we're taught to respect our elders. We're taught to really, really, you know, venerate them because they have so much experience that we can pull from. Absolutely. Right? The wisdom. And, I mean, I'm sure yes. you're bathed in wisdom every day. Yes, I am. I am. I'm very blessed in that way. My grandmother's always there with proverbs and stories, <laughs> <laughs> everything like that. So yeah, I definitely enjoy, you know, having her with me. She lives with me. But I think that people that are a little less fortunate in that way, where they can't live with their families, they live in different states. Those are the people that I really want to help. Those are the people that I really want to support so that their families can have peace of mind while knowing that, hey, my mom's got a really great caregiver and a really good agency behind them that if the caregiver needs to take time off or, you know, needs to go on a vacation, there's someone else that'll be there to fill in that I trust. Absolutely. And this is, let's be honest, like when you, you mentioned the Caribbean, my family's from Sicily. I was raised, born and raised in Venezuela. And there are countries that that community sense like family yes. live close by. Mm -hmm. You have that support. Every time I'm back home, 
you know, I'm surprised by, you know, maybe somebody calling me, I'm going to the pharmacy. Do you need some something? Yeah. You know, and then they would drop it off on the way on the way home. Yeah. There's a sense of we are here together. Let's help each other. That let's be honest, unfortunately, the US is wired a little different. It's a more of an independent culture. And yes. each each family is like the family, but that extended family support is not necessarily there. Also, there. because the country is so big that, you know, many families, of course, live far away. But even when they are in the same city, it's just not yeah. the way. The, it's a cultural thing. It's, it's the work culture. I think a lot of times it, it doesn't lend us to being there because, you know, in the Caribbean, you work a certain number of hours. If you have to go home, it's not a big deal, right? But here we have to have a reason. We have to have proof. We have to have all these things. And then, you know, knowing that a lot of us, and this is from my personal experience working in social services, you know, back, I think about maybe five years ago, I was working in social services. I was working with homeless veterans the culture of the Western world and maybe just maybe specifically the United States is very much that we are just maybe one or two paychecks away from being in a really deep debt hole. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, we would rather, right. And, and this is just speaking from experience. We would rather go to work and maybe have mom miss that doctor's appointment, maybe have dad miss going to the grocery store, because at least we know if they need something, we'll be able to provide it monetarily. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's it's a trade off. It it's a trade off. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But that's why it's important to have, you know, the, as you say, agencies, institution, because yeah. the, it, it is also true that in those countries like ours, where the family fails and they, you don't have that community support, you also don't have the quality and the options that you have here. And so where you don't have agencies that are well put together, vetted, like, you know, a support system, uh, and then you have to recur to individuals and people, and it's just so much so much more difficult. But this is a problem that definitely, that's why I'm I'm passionate about talking. You're not the first, it's a coincidence that Synergy Home Care, but you've been probably the third owner just because it's people that are very linked to service and, and in their own journey, people that have had other careers, which we'll talk about in a moment with you on how you made that transition. But it's also, I think I love it particularly because we all have families and we all have yes. elderly. And the more we raise awareness about the different options there are and destigmatize a little bit that you know the whole yeah. the whole thing about home care or you know what what the options are i think it's it's better to you know it's a it's a win-win for everybody i accept i wholly agree with you it is stigmatized i can understand why though because it is letting a stranger into your home before you build that relationship with the caregiver a lot of times you really don't know you know how well it's going to happen and I think another thing that we don't account for, and I'm saying that as an agency, right? I've noticed that doing market research prior to getting into this industry and making sure that, you know, I was apprised of everything that could be an issue. I think a lot of times we fall short as agencies in also maintaining a level of importance for compatibility, right? Mm -hmm. Someone may be a great caregiver, right? But they're not a good caregiver for that particular family. 
that family is more quiet. They, they're, or they're a little more reserved. And so you really have to do your due diligence when you're getting to know the client and the family to make sure that the caregiver that you pair with them is going to match, right? Because we want it to be a set. We almost see the client and the caregiver as a set. It needs to really mesh well. Um, because no one wants care from someone they're uncomfortable with. Absolutely. Let's yeah, it has be, to be a good team. Yeah. It has to be a good team. It has Absolutely. to be a good match. I think that a lot of people go, well, you need care. Just, you know, hire this agency and they'll send you a caregiver. And that's fine, right? That's okay for some people. But for others, it could be an issue because maybe that personality is not going to mesh well with their environment. You know, maybe they don't want someone who's bubbly and young and extra, uh, you know, energy and all that. Maybe they want someone who is a little bit older. I've had a lot of different requests from my clients. And of course, you know, we try not to discriminate unless it's something that is about discrimination because of race or something like that. I really try to fulfill all of the preferences of my clients because that has to do with the compatibility and their comfort level. Absolutely. And I, yeah. Absolutely. And, and I mean, care and compatibility have to go hand in hand. And I hope that a lot of other agencies start to see that this will only allow you to be more efficient at providing, you know, for the needs that they have. Well, because you're, in my opinion, I think it's a great point. You're you're seeing the humanity in what you're doing. These are human beings on both ends, because it's not only the person that needs the care, but it's also the caregiver needs to be yeah. happy with their job. Absolutely. And so if they're, let's say, if you have a chatter, you know, somebody that likes to chat and yeah. you give them somebody that doesn't like to chat. It's just parties, quiet. Yeah. And then both ends are going to be uncomfortable because one person, one, uh, it happens. I'm a chatter. So when I get in an Uber and (laughs) and they don't even chat, I don't know. I mean, I can listen to music, do my phone calls, but I'm the kind of person that I realized that when I stepped out of an Uber, I had a better experience if the person was, you know, we were exchanging. Yeah. Open, open, talkative. I think we minimize that those things. And if it's somebody that you have to see every day, I think that's a valid point. That's something you're giving everybody something to think of if if you know yeah. ever choosing for for that. So let's let's backtrack a little bit because I know you went into the U.S. Navy. So yes. I want to know how you know somebody that arrived from Haiti into the United States. What was the thought process there? Is this something you dreamed about, or is it, how did you really you get know, yourself to enroll in the Navy? That is a really great question. I like the way you posed it. It's very I will say coincidental. So I came from Haiti, right? Did my schooling here, went to college and didn't quite fit. So I was always kind of like an A student, really overachiever, always wanted to do all the activities and all that. And then I go to college expecting to continue on in that, you know, in that facet. And it didn't work out that way for me. I went to college. I kind of felt very out of place. I don't know. Honestly, it just didn't fit me. And so when I got out of college, I was like, you know, I'll just start working. I did go for nursing for some time. And it just, it never clicked, right? It just never clicked. And so I was like, you know, I'll just go back to work. So I went back to work and I started working for a customer service company. Of course, I love talking to people and I'm a chatterbox myself. Mm -hmm. So it worked. It was great, you know, but there was really no future in it for me. 
So I, I ended up meeting my husband because he was my supervisor at that company, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we met, we started dating. We got married within like three months of oh, wow. dating. So it was very, very quick courtship. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was looking for something more himself. And he told me, he goes, you know, I've always wanted to go to the military. And I go like, you know, the complete, I guess I'm very spontaneous in life. And if it sounds good at the moment, I'm there. And so I go, I'll do it with you. And I go, so what branch are you thinking of? And he goes, the Navy. I always wanted to be in the Navy. And so I go, Navy it is. Let's go. Oh, wow. So we go, we sign up together. Which was mm-hmm. very funny. Now that I think about it, it was completely crazy. I mean, <laughs> who, who makes a life decision like that? Well, but it's good that you were together, you know? you know? Yeah, yeah. So we we ended up joining together in uh, 2014, maybe early 2014. I don't know if you know the process, but getting actual boot camp date is different than when you join. So it's not like you enlist and two weeks later, you're off to boot camp. It's kind of, it doesn't always work that way. So we enlisted and then they gave us our papers and his was on his mother's birthday and mine was on my mother's birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hilarious. That is yeah. You know, a lot of things in my life are very, very fateful. Mm-hmm. And so we go in and he graduates, he goes to a school, he ends up going for aerographers mate, which is what we know as a airport weatherman, which mm-hmm. is the person kind of clearing and saying, yes, you're clear to land or you're clear to, to take off and things like that. I ended up getting hurt in boot oh. camp of all places. Oh, wow. And I was so disappointed, Latisha. I mean, I was extremely disappointed was so sad. I think I had a little bit of depression after that because I just was in denial. Mm. And I was extremely disillusioned because I had it in my mind. Once I went through boot camp, I was like, I love this. I love, you know, a mission, serving, having a purpose, waking up every morning and knowing what I'm going to do. And I kind of made it up in my mind in those short weeks that I was going to do this and this was going to be my career. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, it didn't work out that way. And so I kind of went back home. I had to pick up the pieces, you know, really kind of rally myself up and say, life goes on. Let's keep going. My husband, meanwhile, is in a school, you know, training to be basically what his mission has MOS is going to be in, in the military. I go home, I'm with my mom and my mom goes, you know, I always told you, you should go into social work. That this is where your heart is, that you like helping people. You love meeting new people. You like, you like taking people from a bad situation to a good one. You, you find the, I guess I have a, a need to be needed. Let's mm-hmm. just put it that way. Okay. And so I was like, well, you know, before I do that, I have to get a degree, you know, and I have to go through the proper channels. So I went to Career Source Broward. Mm-hmm. And I go to Career Source Broward, you know, fully expecting that that's what I would be doing. I go there, I meet this amazing gentleman named Mr. Christopher Thomas out of the Tamarack. It's right off Davy Extension Road. And he basically took me under his wing. He was ex military. Mm. He told me, You're still a veteran. He really kind of drilled that into my head. He was like, You made a decision to serve. Just because it didn't turn out that way doesn't mean that you're not a veteran anymore. You're still a veteran. You still 
wanted to serve. You had the want. A lot of people don't have that. And that kind of picked me up a little bit more. And then he told me, listen, why don't you come work for us here at Career Source Broad? You have such a great personality. You would fit right in and you'd be able to help people because that's what you like to do. And I said, absolutely. And then they also helped me go back to school using vocational rehab because I was a disabled veteran. I mean, Mr. Christopher Thomas was really instrumental in helping me get back on my feet, getting my confidence back and, and, and going back to who I really was. And so once we got to that point, I started working for them. And what I did was I would translate military service into civilian, you know, um, skills and characteristics for resumes for people that were transitioning out of the military mm-hmm. and back into civilian life. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it so much. And I did that for about, I think, six to eight months. And then I ended up getting invited by Career Source Brower to listen to one of our partners. Um, and that partner was Operation Sacred Trust. And I met the, the, one of the regional managers or a supervisor, I think he was at the time. And his name was Jacob. And I was, I, I, you know, I talked to him a little bit afterwards and I said, I really love what you guys are doing because what they were doing was housing and helping house and provide resources to homeless veterans. And I was like, listen, that's my alley. You know, Mm -hmm. this is what I love to do is help people that are in a dire situation, figure out avenues and ways and different resources to get back on their feet the way they helped me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that'd be amazing. You know, and I, I kind of, I think like a week went by and I got a call from Jacob and he was like, Hey, I'd really love for you to stop by our office. We had such a great conversation. That way you'd be able to see kind of what we do here. And I said, I'm in. So I went to the office and little did I know I was getting interviewed that day. (laughs) And so I became an intake specialist for them. I would basically take the call from the field agents. The field agents would go out to places where homeless people congregate and try to find veterans, people with DD-214s, and help them, you know, acquire. And and sometimes it's not just housing, right? Some of these people have mental health issues, are dealing with PTSD, are dealing with family issues. We really were therapists, social workers, family counselors, all Mm -hmm. in one. And so intake was basically talking to them on the phone, getting them to come into the office. Once they came into the office, figuring out, you know, what are some of the hurdles that they have, whether it be drug addiction or, you know, just not being in contact with their family for a long time, whatever got them to that place and kind of working backwards from that. And so that was some of the most fulfilling work I ever did in my life. Wow. It, sound, it sounds that way and it sounds amazing. And, and, you know, it's funny because I told you this off record, but I'll share with the audience Today, the day we're taping this very episode, I just came from a meeting uh, with Career Source Broward, with whom I work closely too, because we in the telecommunications industry are trying to provide jobs for, you know, the underserved, the underemployed. And of course, the veterans are such a, an important segment for our industry because it's really a great match in terms of, you know, they are used to work outside they are they are mobile they are they yes. like the thrills so when you think about tower climbers and people that have to go outside and be active and all that uh, I mean veterans are just such a, an incredible talent pool and I've been surprised to learn you know 
besides how much money the country puts into shipping them out, how much more could it be done when they are reinserting themselves into civilian life? And uh, and I had a guest, uh, you know, somebody here that, you know, we went into full detail of some of the downfalls. I mean, no matter how much a government wants to do, but there's yeah. always, you know, for everything to flow good, like from the monies that the federal government provides to, to that, the highest level to the local level, there's yeah. so many steps, you know, that have to be perfect, precision perfect to yeah. really make the difference that they are designed to make. And we all yeah, know and, how that works. Yeah, in those veterans' daily lives, yeah. Yes. You know, it never the flows away designed. Yeah, you're trying to make sure that the funds go to the right and appropriate organizations. And a lot of times there are some organizations that do less. Um, and then there are the ones that go above and beyond. And you're not always going to pick the good apple out of the group, unfortunately. Um, but I will say this, with the time that I was at Operation Sacred Trust, I had never seen a more dedicated staff. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it brings, you know, a really warm feeling to me because a lot of vets worked for Operation Sacred Trust. Mm -hmm. And it's because they saw the value in it. They realized what it's like to transition from military service I mean, they could have done so much more because they had so much more experience, but they chose that because they understood how how important it was to certain veterans that are coming home to no family, maybe. Uh, you know, and so it's it's a big deal when you when you go into veterans and people that are disadvantaged, it's a big deal to to be able to be there for them and also let them know that their service and their experiences and their life still matters. Absolutely, absolutely. That's very well said. So, you know, let's fast track then to the point where you and your husband at some point say, we want to do something together. And let's, ah, yes. let's yes. embark into, you know, buying, uh, you know, a Synergy Home Care. And now you're working together and you share a little bit about the work that you do. But just, you know, share a little bit of that, that particular stage in your sure. life. Like I said, my life, very coincidental. I must have a crazy angel watching, <laughs> you know, the events and kind of placing things in certain ways. So I left Operation Sacred Trust right around, I think, a couple of months before the coronavirus hit. And so when the coronavirus hit, me and my husband were like, okay, we can't, because I have, I had a three-year-old at the time. He's now five, going mm. on six, oh, going on 16. Oh, really. oh, um, and then I also have a five-month-old now. But at mm. the time, we only had him and he was three and we had to take him out of school. So we were like, you know, this is the perfect time for us to take our savings and buy a house. And we decided upon Port St. Lucie because it was just less populated at the time. And seemed like a really nice place to raise a family. We came up here and we were thinking, what should we do now? You know, we're both disabled veterans. My husband was also disabled and we would just like talk about it and talk about it. And my mom had come from New York to live with us a year after the Corona hit just because she was in New York. So mm -hmm. that was a really bad situation. Yeah. Yeah. So she came and then she was like, you know, you guys are always talking about helping people. You guys are always doing things like volunteering. Why don't you guys open up 
an agency, you know, and kind of help people and care for people. And I was like, I mean, but how would we do that? You know, it sounds so difficult to kind of get all the licensure and this and that. I really love someone that's already in the industry. And then my mom was on Facebook and she saw like a little ad pop up. Do you Mm -hmm. want to be a franchisee? And it was Synergy Home Care. And she sent it to us. And I can't tell you, it was like maybe two seconds and we both looked at each other and we were like, that's it. Let's do it. We called them. We got in contact with Amanda Nesbitt, which is one of the kind of early, you know, informational um, type of staff that takes you through the, you know, through what it is that you need to get to a point of being an owner. And the rest is history. That's fantastic. And you are happy with your decision. You're in. Yeah, I love it. That's I love great. And, and I love that. I love your story because, and that's why part of the, of the purpose of the podcast is, you know, there's so many avenues, so many things and, yes. you know, never a straight line. I believe, you know, one of the reasons why I decided to do this podcast almost three years ago is almost because some, some of us think it's a straight line, whatever I decide, I'm committed to that and I cannot change and I cannot pivot and if over 200 episodes have now proved is that, you know, you can pivot, you can change, you can really create them. When, when we talk about the angel putting things, I, I'm a firm believer that we co-create our, our reality. We co-create, we are co-creators with God. And if we know what we want and we follow the intuition, like all those little synchronicities, yeah. that we call, I really believe it's just like, you're ready, you're listening, here it is, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of like they give you like little signs. And if you see them, great. If you don't, but those little signs, you know, me meeting my husband, then going into military service, not quite working out because that's just wasn't my path. I was meant to be where I am today Mm -hmm. because I always wanted to help people. Literally always wanted to help people. It was something that, I don't know, it just must have been fate, for lack of a better word, you know, because my mom being a caregiver and now I'm in charge of other caregivers and, you know, providing them with cases and helping them meet and collaborate with client families to provide that client with the the care and, and, and the services that they need. And a lot of my clients start out small. They start out with one, two hours. Oh, I don't think I need it. And then once they kind of see, hey, you know, I I really could just call my caregiver and say, you know, or call the agency and say, hey, can I get someone to take me to the grocery store today? And I'm like, sure, absolutely. Let me see why I have on schedule and I'll just pull it up and talk to them. If I can get them the caregiver that they're used to, obviously, that's always the first choice. But if I can't, I don't want you to stop your daily life mm-hmm. because you somehow can't do it yourself, can't do it by yourself. And I think that because we are in such a prime, I think a really prime time for understanding, because I'm I, I'm turning 30 this month. Oh, so I'm very young. You're very young. Thank you. I'm very young, but I've always had a respect, a deep abiding respect for my elders. And maybe it's the way I was born, who knows, but I always realized how much they have to offer. 
And sometimes being elderly can be very isolating. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I just don't want them to be isolated anymore. I want them out there doing things, going to the beach, putting your feet in the sand, even if it's just a walk on the beach and a, a conversation with your caregiver about life and about your experiences. Tell them about your family. Tell them about, you know, your first child. You remember the time where he scraped his knee on the playground and you almost lost it. You know, those are those are memories that should be discussed, that should be talked about. Absolutely. And, and it in some way, it validates their experience because we're all human and we want that contact, right? Absolutely. We want that contact. Mm, love it. Love it. Love it. So Lucille, I mean, this has been incredible. I think we touch upon all aspects. I don't know if there's anything exciting that we didn't mention uh, that you want to share? Sure. I am really excited about the fact that we've been six months in business now. Mm-hmm. So that's a really big milestone for us. Um, it's been hard because we put all of our savings in this and we're trying to grow and there's still some growing pains, but we are so excited about our six month mark. We just had an article published about us since we're veterans and we're owners as well in the Synergy newsletter. I'll send that off to you mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. So that you can see it. And so we were really excited about that. And, you know, I'm just excited for this work. I'm excited for this work. And I want everyone to know home care is not limited to the elderly. It is for everyone who needs any type of support, whether it may be you're recovering from an accident and you want to fast forward your, your transition to walking again, or you have your child and they're perfectly healthy but you can't find a caregiver, you know, or a babysitter. We are here for all types of in-home support. We're here for you and we are eager to provide the care that moves you. Mm, Love it. Love it. And so the last question in all my podcasts is about you and what makes you connect to what makes you tick. When you have a down day, what is it that you go to for reconnecting to your soul? My son and my mom, my son, they are truly the driving force behind everything that I do. My first son is Rosen and my second son is a seer. And if I could dedicate this podcast to them, Mm. they are my reason. Mm. They are everything. And I want to build a legacy for them so that they know that the very next step in life is to just start. Mm, love it love it and it's very moving and you know the i'm honored that this was your first podcast and i know yes i enjoyed it thank you so much for making it easy i feel like we're just having a conversation (laughs) of course that's the whole purpose inspiring conversations that we can unleash to the world and hopefully inspire if we inspire one person listening to this or we create goodness for one veteran that now heard about the potential of joining like a career, a career source or going to a career source. And, and just they are there to really help people that are don't have a job, that are looking for a new career change. They have so many. I mean, this doesn't mean to be a plug, but it's true. By working with them, I've been surprised. Like, how did I not know about this? And, yeah. you know, um, so if we are able to to inspire somebody, that would be happy. And these would all, you know, this now you have a recording for your kids and your friends and your and people that know you. 
to know what your essence is for people that are considering, you know, joining your agency to, to really hear it firsthand from you about what your mission, what your goal is. And I'm sure you will, they will be convinced just by listening to you speak. Because if I, if I had a need and somebody to be taken care of, you will be, you know, a, a fantastic person to go to. So thank you for all you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Leticia. I really enjoyed this. Likewise. And to all you out there, I will wish you a great day and we hope you tune in for a new episode of Back to Basics. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you and until the next time.